Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper in prayer? Did you know I'm reaching millions of people every month through the power of prayer on social media? You can join me for daily corporate prophetic prayer sessions as I press into what the Lord is saying and release words of knowledge, prophecy, counsel, and teaching. Join online Mornings with the Holy Spirit prayer calls, facebook.com slash Jennifer LeClaire, Periscope at Prophetic Books. These calls are bringing transformation to people in the nations around the world. Mornings with the Holy Spirit, Facebook, Periscope, 6 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, or catch the replay. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. Hey, God bless the Lord's favor, grace, and absolute blessing be upon all of you in in Jesus' mighty name name. And I want to take this time to discuss um, becoming open to the prophetic as a pastor or breaking the fear that pastors have to prophesy, to prophesy. Amen. Okay, so I want to talk to you or maybe just kind of share a little bit um, concerning the need for those of you uh, that are watching me. If you're a pastor, you know, this year of 2019, entering into 2020, was very, very, very unique. I have had conversations with a multitude of pastors. One of the things that I wish that I would share a lot more on uh, social media is that I interact with a lot of pastors. Like, I was on the phone yesterday on New Year's Eve with a pastor friend of mine. We were, he was sharing his heart. So I just, I share a lot with pastors. You know, I have a... I have a compassion and empathy towards those that are pastor. Here's what I found out, that this last year of 2019, um, that many pastors entering into 2020 did not have a word. Let me say that again. That many pastors entering into 2020 um, have no idea what God is doing for 2020. um, And the last service uh, that uh, they had for 2019, they just preached a regular sermon. And, um, and I'm having some reservations with that because I think sermonizing uh, probably is good for consistent, disciplined diet uh, for the church. But I think if you're going to do a special service entering into the new year, then I would assume that as a pastor, you would have a word concerning what God is going to do in your house and what God is going to do as concerning the vision for 2020. And I found, based on my conversations with a bunch of pastors, uh, because they called me for prayer or they called me to just not to say that they 
they, they're giving up. But they just called me because they're empty. They're empty. And here's what I have found. Um, here's what I have genuinely found is I'm not sure how this started, but the pastoral office is still hesitant and closed to the office of the prophet or the office of the prophetic. There's still um, a hesitance um, in um, most in the pastorate for fear of being in false prophecy or in emotionalism or getting people's hopes up and it not come to pass. Well, let me just share something with you as a pastor. Uh, to those of you that are watching, um, um, let me give you some steps to kind of help you uh, begin that process. Let me share this with you. Um, step number one uh, um, is you can't be afraid of false prophecy. Let me just share a secret with you. Will prophets mess up? Yes, they will. Will uh, the gift of prophecy at times be off? Yes, it will. Um, but for the sake of protecting the people from false prophecy, that we quench and stifle and hinder the office of the prophet and the gift of the prophetic in the house, I'm going to tell you something that a house without the office and the gift of the prophet and prophecy active in their church is a house that is doing half of the warfare. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, he said, wage a good warfare, not with the word. He said, wage a good warfare, not with praise. Wage a good warfare, not with fellowship, not with fellowship. He said, wage a good warfare with the prophetic words that have been given unto you. So there is a warfare element to the prophetic that helps a church keep on keeping on. When the prophetic is removed, you find that the soldiers who are the members of your house, have entered into 2020 with no instruction. Did you catch what I'm saying? Like, the church is not just a place for worship. The church is a military brigade in which the vision of the general of the house with uh, the, the captain or the lieutenant of the house is the pastor. The general is Jesus. There's a military advancement of the church concerning whatever it is that God called them to do and, and in, which, in which way God has uh, enabled them to minister to the community and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and reach a particular demographic. So without instructions... From the lieutenant, uh, the 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 soldiers only have the instructions for the bigger picture concerning the war. If you uh, if you uh, if you um, if you uh, want to look at it like that, so what I have found is is that um, pastors who are afraid to embrace the prophetic have a church that is an army without an instruction, not knowing what to do. And I have found that a lot of pastors this year 
uh, was sermonizing, was sermonizing uh, for the last Sunday sermon, uh, the entering into the new year with no instruction. The prophetic gives us foresight into what God wants to do for 2020 in the local, uh, in the local, in the local house. All right. So number one, pastor, um, let me tell you this. You can't be afraid of false prophecy. Grace, like a mop, cleans up the mess. Now, here is where your theology is going to have to be challenged because I think uh, the perfection that's connected to the prophetic office in the New Testament um, has created this room for no error. And, and that error implies false. I need to tell you, in the New Testament, error and getting it wrong does not imply false. It implies getting it wrong. And when a prophet gets it wrong in the New Testament, listen to me, the sacrificial uh, efficacy of Christ's work on the cross has already paid the penalty for that prophet's mess up. And the prophet has to be honest and say that they messed up, but still not be considered a false prophet. Now, if you can't cross that threshold, then I can see why... uh, you just rather not embrace the prophetic because religion, you know, it's funny how we say we're not religious, but we're religious at not being religious. So we say we're not religious, but when it comes to the prophetic, we're still religious or we're still Old Testament. Do you see what I'm saying? So we say we're New Testament believers, but we still have Old Testament model for the prophetic. So if a prophet or a person gets it wrong, we banish them to the phantom zone of falsehood, uh, not, not realizing that in the New Testament there's room for error. Now, if there's now if there's continual error, then it then the prophetic presbytery comes together and begins to hold this person accountable. And if that person doesn't receive the rebuke, then they begin the process of labeling that person a false prophet. I'm just here to tell you uh, that the prophets will get it wrong. Uh, there'll be moments where a new prophet will be just learning what they're learning how to flow in the prophetic, and they need to be in an environment where this. They're being nurtured and navigated in being able to prophesy, you know what I'm saying, um, and um, begin to express what they genuinely believe God is saying. If not, you're going to find, uh, if not, you're going to find that as a pastor, your people are going to follow you up to a certain point. When the devil comes, they're not going to know how to do warfare. They're just going to stay saved. Did you catch what I just said? So number one is... Uh, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so number one, Pastor, is you have to embrace that uh, that there's room, there's room, uh, there's room for error. There's room for error. Number two is this, um, is this. You have to give room for practice. Let me tell you something. Folks don't wake up knowing how to prophesy. You know, in the beginning, they talk King James, and then eventually they add their own personality to the way. Like when I prophesy, I don't say, for thus saith the Lord. I don't even say, I hear the Lord saying, you know, and, you know, and when you prophesy, you don't have to be African. I am seeing in the realm of the spirit. You don't have to say that when you prophesy. But if in the beginning, that's what helps you kind of connect, then I'd say, go for it. But you have to give room for expression, which means you have to consistently do it. You know that prophesying is no different than preaching and singing. You have to keep doing it. 
what I'm saying? You have to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. And if you're afraid to do that, then you are a pastor that's given over to fear. And that's not the spirit of God. That's not the spirit of the Lord. For God has not given you the spirit of fear. Okay, so um, you have to give room. Uh, listen to me, pastor. If you don't want to prophesy, then you are obligated by heaven to allow the prophetic be expressed uh, with those within the congregation, even if that's not what you do. And nothing, but let me let me just add an inter, let me interject there. Nothing is more sweeter and more intimate and personal than when your own pastor prophesies to you and not the senior senior prophet of the house. There's something very intimate uh, and relational that when your pastor is prophesying to you. When they're the one giving you the word of the Lord and saying, here's what the word of the Lord is. There's something, there's something uh, covenantal in that. But if you don't prophesy, well, guess what? Well, the Lord is going to raise up, you know, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so to prophesy. Okay. So uh, you have to give way to practice. Okay, pastor, that includes you. Listen, pastor, that includes you. Which means, pastor, you have to practice prophesying. What do I mean by that? Not, not just practicing. Meaning when the Holy Spirit gives you something, you're just going to have to go for it. And keep going for it. And keep telling the Lord, Lord, I'm open. Uh, do you have anything for me to share? And not make it up. Don't make it up. Because then that's witchcraft. But I'm saying keeping yourself in a place where uh, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to give you something. Do you see what I'm saying? What I have found, and I, and, and I you know, and... um. And I see the frustration is pastors are terrified to prophesy. Pastors are absolutely terrified or their mind is closed to it because they spent so much time uh, guarding against false prophecy that that door of the prophetic literally is bolted closed. So when the pastor is saying, okay, Lord, I'm ready. Lord, give me something. Or they put on the spot. Okay, Lord, they just told me to prophesy. Their mind remains blank, and now they get embarrassed, and now they start prophylying. It happens, you know. Uh, you know, uh, it happens. I've, I've seen it. I saw it. I saw it earlier this year when I went to a, a particular church. You know, um, I went to. This is what happened. I went to a church in. Uh, uh, no, no, not this year. Uh, Eighteen months ago, I went to a church in. In uh, oh, what was it? Um, Utah, Utah. I went to a church in Utah, and as soon as I walked in, um, I was coming from the airport directly to the church, you know. Um, and they were already like on the second day of revival, and they asked me, Would you, "Do you want to go straight to the hotel and prepare yourself for tomorrow, or you want to come?" I said, "No, I want to go to the church service." I walked in, um, but I saw that another pastor walked in, and the preacher uh, put the other pastor on the spot and was like, "So and so, come prophesy," and that pastor was. I could see the fear on his face. Like, I was like, oh, I ain't gonna lie. I started praying for the pastor. I was like, oh, Lord, please help this pastor get a word. And for a second, I was like, man, that preacher shouldn't have done that. Like, in my mind, I was like, but that preacher is an apostle, and apostles pass the mic to each other. Like, because that's apostolic, you know what I'm saying? So the apostle was being sincere and said, so and so, here's the mic. Uh, give this brother a word of the Lord. And I saw the pastor just. Like the, his face got red and I was like, oh God, Lord, you know, and uh, I could just see 
you know, he was, he was struggling, you know. Um, and what came out was it was just so vague and generic that I was like, oh, he, he had to make that. He made that up right now, you know. And I could see that the rest of the service, he was just bothered that he had to do that. You know, and I was like, and I made mental note that if I was to ever be put on the spot like that and I didn't have a word, I'd give the mic right back. Like, uh, I don't got nothing. Here you go. You know, uh, don't lie. Okay, but what I would say is this. In your own, in, in your own context, Pastor, in your own church, in your own church, you know what the beauty of, of, it, of your church is? Is that you could go for it. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. What do, what do I mean? It's your house. What better way than to learn how to prophesy surrounded by the people who love you than surrounded by people who don't know you, who don't know you, and now you messed up your ministry. You know say Now they're like, uh, it's your house, which means you're going to have to go for it. Go for it. You want to know what? Let, let me tell you something. The day you decide to go for the prophesy, watch how the house is gonna. The house is gonna go bananas. The house is just gonna wild out. They're gonna be so happy, like, oh, my pastor getting it in. Ah, you know, like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna be so open that they're gonna be pulling on you. You're gonna find you're gonna be able to release the word of the Lord. Well, what about if I don't know what I'm saying? Go for it, pastor. Go, go for it. Go for it. Listen. Go for it. What if I get it wrong? Baby, you get it wrong, man. You get it wrong. But we cannot enter another year and you just preaching and teaching. You know what I'm saying? You just preaching and teaching. You know what I'm saying? Just release the word of the Lord. But what if I get it wrong? What if you get it right? What if you get it right? Well, okay. All right. Number three is this. Get over and forgive yourself for the times you did get it wrong. Get over it. Some pastors said, you know, I'm going to go for it, and they messed up two, three times. If, it, if this is any consolation, I've been wrong at least four to five times. It's been a minute, but a couple of years ago, I got it wrong, you know? And, but that first time I got it wrong, oh, man, oh, man, I beat myself over the head. I've been wrong like four or five times. You know, throughout 30, uh, well, I've been saved since 1992, like four, four, yeah, four times, you know. Uh, and there's one that I am mindful of that has to happen this year because I said something like seven years ago. And if it doesn't happen this year, it will be five times. You know, I said something to someone uh, seven years ago and I said the year 2020, this is going to happen. Boop, 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 boop. If it doesn't happen, uh then it will be five times, you know, and I would have to go and I, and I will reach out to the person. I'll be like, my bad, I, I messed up, you know. Uh, but um, for those of you uh, that tried it, messed up, and then you said to yourself, um, I'm never going to do that again, baby. Let me ask you a question. How many times a singer messed up and was off key and killed the service? You don't see them talking about, I'm never going to sing again. How many times you as a pastor preached a sermon, went home, and the Holy Spirit said, I did not want you to preach that. I didn't want you to preach that. That's not what I told you. And you went home, forgive me, Father. You know, the message didn't come out so good. 
And the Holy Spirit's like, oh, I didn't tell you to preach that. That's not what I wanted to say today. And what did you do? You said, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I, I won't do that again. You know, uh, you didn't say, I'm never going to preach again because, you know, I, 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 I messed up in a sermon. It wasn't what the Lord wanted me to say. So therefore, I'm a false pastor. And the singer never said, I'm a false singer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so when you get it wrong, listen to me, pastor, preacher, prophet, young prophet in training. Baby, forgive yourself. Let it go. Let it go. The beauty of being a Christian and the efficacy of Christ's work on the cross is forgiveness and the accountability of being honest. John, First John chapter 1 that says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Did you catch it? Just be honest and say, uh, you know, yeah. And forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself, Pastor, from uh, the errors of, the errors of, oh, I messed it up. I'm never going to do that again. Baby, do it again. Do it again. Let me tell you something. If I was in your church and I saw that you were trying to get yourself uh, learning how to do it, because, you know, we come from religious churches, you know what I'm saying? I'd give you, you know what? I'd still follow you. I wouldn't call you false. I'd be like, yo, man, praise God. My, my, my pastor is trying to break through and embrace the prophetic, man. Like, I'm going to walk with you, man of God. Come on, let's get this thing together. Let's get it right. I'm walking with you. I'm cheering for you. Then me watching you and having to get in prayer and fasting of, Lord, help my pastor be open to the prophetic. You know, praying Jezebel prayers. You know what I'm saying? Praying Jezebel prayers. Uh, talking about, you know, Lord, help my pastor be open to the prophetic. Come on. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. That's, that's false guilt. You know why I say it's false guilt? Uh, because un until Christ come, we're under the dispensation of grace where God gives you what you don't deserve. Learn the lesson, try your best and not get it wrong. But when you get it wrong, forgive yourself. All right? Number four, is this good? Is this good? Now I'm trying to help you because, Pastor, if you don't begin to prophesy, let me tell you something. In this year of 2020, they're going to leave your church. This ain't 30 years ago where folks were members of a church for like 30 years. Folks are going to leave. Oh, guess what? Some Jezebel prophet's going to prophesy them out of your church. And they're going to genuinely believe that it's the Holy Spirit talking to them. Because when a person is desperate for, for a word in an environment that is anti-prophetic or or uh, it's not, there's not a cultivation of the prophetic, even a Jezebel word will appease, will, will, will appease them and, and scratch their itchy ears. I'm telling you, I've been there. When I was in the religious churches back in 2004, no, not even, 1998, uh, they didn't prophesy. You know, they didn't prophesy where I was at. They weren't against it. The only time they prophesied, it was like when it was like a revival service. And that was about it. You know, somebody came 
talking that stuff. And I ran with it. I was like, oh, yeah, God talking. You know, you know, I went and then I had to run for my life because then God opened my eyes and said, this is this person's a Jezebel. And then I went home and was like, Lord, how did I miss that? God, why didn't you show me that this person was a Jezebel? Well, I went home angry like, yo, where was my discernment in that? I'm from the street. How did I get caught up and didn't see that? Well, when you're desperate for a word, your bar of integrity lowers. Lowers. Pastor, listen to me. If there was any year that it should have been easy to prophesy, it's 2020. Because 2020, you could take that a million places. 2020 vision, 2020, you could wordplay that 2020. Like, you could wordplay that. <laughs> My God. You could just wordplay that. Just by, you could, you could, you could, you could extract that in, in a million different places. Just by virtue of the number itself. You could go into when Jesus touched a blind man and made him, you know, had to touch him twice. You could, you could use every scripture about Jesus healing a blind man. You could get into Moses seeing, you know, Isaiah saw the Lord, saw. You could just word, you could word play that in a million, million places, you know. So, Pastor, I really do want to encourage you that if you don't begin to prophesy, a wolf is going to prophesy them right out your church. People want a word. You know what I'm saying? People want a word. They want a word from the Lord. They want a rhema. They want a prophetic word. We got logos, we got rhema, and then you got prophetic word. We got a prophetic word, which means they want to hear, they want they want to uh, hear what thus saith the Lord. Number four, is this good? Told you I had some good stuff for 2020. Number four is this. Receive, rebuke, and training from someone who is skilled at prophesying pastor you know what you know what i love that what what i've what i love that i've learned in the last two to three years not even well last two to three years is i don't have to fake it till i make it there's certain things in my own church that i know i'm not good at but i have people in my church that are good at it see like right now, we just ordained four pastors. Each of these four pastors, I just had a meeting with them yesterday. Today, we released the first flyer of the of the new teaching series that we're going to be doing in our church. Uh, I have four pastors who are going to be focusing on four areas of the church. We got my, pa- my uh, pastor uh, um, uh, Rodney and his wife. They're going to be focusing with me. They're going to be helping me, me with them. Focusing on the theology and the Christian education of the church. So I sat with them yesterday and I told them, I said, I wanna I wanna launch the church this year, not talking about calling and destiny and purpose. I wanna talk about the fundamentals of the Christian faith. I wanna talk about the fruits of the spirit. And then I told him, I said, You give me uh, what you believe the Lord is also saying that the, this house needs, so that way we can begin to focus on some of the primary things that are of the Christian faith, aside from gifts of the spirit, stuff like that. So he's helping me focus on that. I don't feel like I got to make up, I got to vision cast everything in my house. No, I know. I, I told him, I know what I want. You know, this, this is what I, actually, this is what I told him. I said, my church, H-I-R-T has lost their first love. That's it. Matter of fact, while I'm talking to you, I just got a text from my youth pastor, uh, uh, my uh, worship pastor, who I have, uh, um, uh, have 
consecrated to help me regulate with all of the spiritual stuff of the church. He just texted me just now while I was talking to you and said, Pastor, can you help us get the flyer for the 21 day fast beginning on January 5th? Like, I don't have to I don't have to make that stuff up. All I did was say, I want to I want you to help me put all that stuff together. Then I got two other pastors focusing on some stuff. Amen. In some other areas. Do you see what I'm saying? So, uh, Pastor, uh, and guess what? That relieves me for feeling like I got to come down from the mountain and have everything. Well, I don't have to have everything. No, because Moses didn't build the tabernacle. Bezalel built the tabernacle. Moses didn't function as the priest. Aaron functioned as the priest. Moses didn't go into the Holy of Holies every year with with. With uh, and sprinkled the blood. His brother did that. Do you see what I'm saying? What does this mean? What does this mean? Pastor, if you're not good at prophesying, then you need to reach out to somebody who is seasoned and is skilled in the prophetic to help train both you and your staff. No way around it. It's a lot better. Listen, listen, I've tried to do the, I'm going to get the revelation on my own. I've wasted like two to three years, the last two, three years when I had people in the church that, you know, let me just be honest with you. I'm not good at counseling. My wife is amazing. She does, Let me give you an example. My wife does the marriage counseling and another older sister, an older saint in our church. I don't do the marriage counseling in my church. I don't do it. My wife does it. You know what I'm saying? She does a six-week course with people. She takes them through that. I'm the vision caster of the house. I preach, teach, I deliver, I, I, I push the church. You know, we compliment each other. I, you know, like, you wouldn't want to sit with me through a marriage counseling because I'll be like, you need to repent. You need to repent. You need to get over it. You need to have sex. You need to do this. You need to stop looking at porn. Like, I'm real bold, man. I just tell people, like, yo, and that's not how this thing works. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I know I tried it. You know what I'm saying? I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. See what I'm saying? So, like, my church knows pastor doesn't preach, don't give up messages. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, so, I have Pastor Armando and Pastor Tish to help facilitate the community of the church with follow-up and all of that stuff. Why? Because the truth of the matter is, if you come to my house, it's 250 to 300 people on a Sunday. I don't have a, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't say hi to everybody. Like, there's some people in my house that have been in my house for months, and I've said hi to them, like, once. Like, hey, God bless you. You know, it'd be mad people in my house. So you know what I do? You know what I've learned? You're good at this. I need your help. Why don't you oversee this and make that happen? Do you see what I'm saying? Why don't you help me do this? And they go, yes, pastor. And I tell them, this is what I want. This is what I, I believe God is saying. Take this. Give me a blueprint. Um, and then we'll work with this together. And then I'll tweak it. And boom, we got this thing together. Uh, do you see? Pastor, as a last point, is this. Is you need to invite apostles and prophets. Or an apostle or a prophet to your house that can train you, that can literally train you. Like the way people invite me to train them in deliverance, you need to invite somebody to train your church in 
the prophetic and to train you, to train you, to train you. My favorite phrase to my leadership is, oh, I don't do that. Like, I'm not going to do that. You know, um, let me, let me, let me, um, oh man, my Bible is over there. Uh, let me end with Acts chapter six. Just somebody write it in the chat room. Acts chapter six is this. I'm done. I'm out of your way. Is the Greek speaking women were complaining that the church was ignoring them in the daily distribution of the food because there was a preference for the Hebrew speaking women. And it was true. There was a preference there. The grumbling and the complaining reached the ears of the apostles. You know what I love about that verse to close and I'm done is this is the apostles said something that is so key. This is what they said. This is what they said. They said, it is not fit to leave the word of God and go serve tables in a modern day language, like the new living translation. Here's how it says it. It says we should not stop the overall vision of the church to oversee a food pantry. Man, that was a heavy statement. You could go read this. So when I hear people saying, the pastor got to be in everything, the pastor got to be in everything, he got to go to every game, he got to go to every outing, he has to go to every funeral, he has to go to every hospital visit. Oh, no, no, this is Bible. Go read it. Go read it. This is Bible. This is the Bible. Go read it. The Bible says that the apostles said basically oh we ain't going oh we're not going to be giving out no food we ain't got no time to be giving out no food this is what they said select seven men of good reputation full of the holy spirit um who can administer the distribution of the food and then the next verse says this is this is and the next verse says while we apostles Give ourselves to the ministry of the word and to fasting and prayer. Now watch this. In today's dysfunctional type of church, I can see these abandonment issue members talking about, what do you mean the pastor ain't got no time to serve tables? He's supposed to be a servant. The next verse, the next verse says, you could go read this. Acts chapter 6, it's in the Bible. The next verse after the apostles basically said, they literally said, we ain't serving no food. We're going to stay preaching. Y'all take care of that. We're not serving food. Not gonna basically what they said, it says, we will not leave the word of God. If you read it in today's con uh, context, it literally translated like this. Man, we're not going to stop preaching to serve no tables. We ain't got no time for that. Basically, that's what the apostles said. We ain't got no time to be serving no tables. You see what I'm saying? The next verse, so key, after they said that, the next verse literally says, listen, that nobody got mad. And actually, the verse says, everyone, you can go read this. It says, everyone loved the saying and agreed, which means they didn't tolerantly agree. They didn't, well, you're the pastor. I ain't got no choice but to agree. The Bible says this saying pleased the church and they agreed, which means in the next verse, they selected seven men. And the Bible says right after that, the church exploded. 
Nowadays, it's not like that. Because folks, and I'm going to leave this one alone because that's not what I'm talking about today, but folks got dad-dad issues and you can forget about it. You know, so very simple. What did the apostles do? They ordained someone who was skilled at it, who was skilled. Pastor, this year, reach out to those who are skilled in the prophetic that can train you by Bible study material on the prophetic. So that way you can begin to the next couple of weeks, next couple of weeks, begin uh, to uh, prepare your people that this early season of 2020, since it's about sight and vision, baby, you can't do a teaching series on vision, 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 and not include the prophetic. And when you do the prophetic, you can't do the whole series talking about what the prophetic isn't. Baby, you got to show people what the prophetic is. I guarantee you, if you listen to what I'm saying, when you do your crossover service for 2021, you're going to see that you're going to have a word. I'm done. The Lord had a blessing to this particular topic that's geared towards pastors, but those of you that are in the prophetic. Amen. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.